Welcome to the Thoroughly Wrong Project with Lalo and Bob. We appreciate you spending some time with us today. Let's jump right into that weekly dose of things you can disagree with. Take it away, guys. All right, welcome to the Thoroughly Wrong Project. I'm your host, Bob, and this is Lalo. And fuck, I did it again, Lalo. I'm, I keep calling myself the host, dude. I am so sorry. You're, you're the host today. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't really consider myself a host. I'm just, it's like a, a co-host. I, I, that works, co-host. I was co-president of the philosophy club at CSUB, so that works. That's a shared, <laughs> that's a shared responsibility. You know, uh, like in sports, the, there's two types of announcers. There's like the play-by-play guy and then the analyst guy. Yeah, the color man. You, yeah, you could be the the play by play guy, and then I'll just interject here and there <laughs> when needed. That's a lot of pressure, man. <laughs> Sorry, I I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been doing it pretty good so far, so so far so good, man. Oh, yeah. how you been? Pretty good. I'm pretty tired. Uh, we had a Halloween party, like an early Halloween party yesterday. Yeah. So, um, I'm just like shot a little hungover. Uh, not so much hungover, just tired. Cause I think I told you I'm like in a rec, uh, like soccer league. Yeah. Yeah. So we had a game yesterday at five 30 and then once we finished, we came home, showered, got ready and then went to the party and we were there till like one. So I'm just like, my body's just like exhausted. All right. Well, you still made it for the podcast and that is to be commended. <laughs> Way to go, man. Did you win the game? No, we lost. How bad? Uh, it was seven to four. All right. So well, that's, that's not too bad, but it's not that good. <laughs> what? What's your record? We are three and two. Okay. You got a winning record. So how many yeah. games you play during the season? Um, there's eight weeks, so eight regular weeks. And then there's on a final week, it's like a tournament. And on the tournament you play like, um, I think it's like three or four games. Damn dude. So it's a decent amount of games. Yeah. You should be in pretty good shape when that's over. Mm-hmm. We'll see about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's all those pizzas in between games that fuck you yeah, up. It's right? all, uh, <laughs> the Tony's pizza after every game. <laughs> When I remember that when I was like when I was a kid, I played little league sports, and then you always like after the game, you went and gorged on hot dogs or pizza and ice cream, Coke. Yeah. yeah. Well, that I hope they, I hope they don't do that to kids anymore. <laughs> oh, um, I'm sure they do. Oh my god! Hey, dude. Well, you know, I joined the the legion of people who quit their fucking jobs <laughs> after the pandemic or. During the pandemic, late you pandemic, quit at the wrong time. You should have quit when the unemployment was like sky high. Yeah, the unemployment benefits. <laughs> yeah, but I went right into another job. So, in fact, uh, they overlap for two days. So I was working two jobs, like a you know, like um, somebody in their twenties who's like, I have three jobs. You know, like I I did that for a long time. So I had two jobs. I went to, I taught school in the morning and then got off at one and came in and worked at, at the county for Thursday and Friday. 
How'd you? I was gonna say, how'd you like it? What quitting? <laughs> it was great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I. It was the first job I ever quit that I wasn't fucking nostalgic or you know driving away thinking, oh my god, what have I done? I was. I felt like I should have run naked out of that place <laughs> on fire. <laughs> yeah, what? Well, it's. It, it's okay job. And, and a lot of people look at government work. Like once you land that government job, man, you're set for life. Jesus Christ. They hadn't had a fucking raise in 13 years getting ready to go on strike. It's just like any other, any other job. It is. Yeah. Yeah, So yeah, those government jobs that you're talking about, those are usually like federal government jobs that are the ones where you're set. Yeah. (laughs) And like local government jobs are not, not so much the same. Well, being from being from West Virginia, where the unemployment rate is, you know, phenomenal. Getting a getting a county job or a city job, that's the only job you can have back there. And and once you get that, you know, state road or some shit like that, people are just set. They they don't quit. They fucking stick in there for forty years and retire. You know, yeah. I can't I can't imagine retiring. I'm fifty six. I'm going to be working. I see I <laughs> I have um let's see I'm 56 and they tell me, you know, this phenomenal number I should have in in my retirement account. Try $3500, baby. And where you to afterwards it might last you a while. I got more in fucking Bitcoin than I have in fucking retirement. <laughs> and either one is not going to last. So I asked yeah. my wife what I should do. Should I roll over my retirement into my into my teaching career or should I get a lift kit for my truck? And she said I should roll, roll it over. I don't know if I agree with that. Well, because <laughs> that, lift, that, that lift kit sounds awful fun. No, do whatever, whatever feels right for you. Well, that's the problem. That's why I have $3,500 in savings, bro, because I've always done what feels right for me. And saving money is just not the right thing to do. You know? I mean, you're not going to take it when you die, so might as well spend it. I know. I know. But what am I going to do like when I'm 75, 80 years old? Going to live on Social Security? No, because it's not going to exist. I I guess I'm going to be one of those fucking hateful greeters at Walmart. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or you could be like a crosswalk. <laughs> Does that pay well? Does that have retirement? <laughs> pay something, I'm guessing. Unless those people just do it for free. So, man, I was thinking last night. I was thinking last night about you know um, what what we were going to talk about today, and I had this wonderful thought. I was talking to my wife, and I had this wonderful thought. Because have you seen the Kanye West thing? Uh, which one? <laughs> the latest one, where he changed his name and he's wearing a, a a mask that looks like a white guy. Yeah, you've seen that. Okay. Yeah. So here's my question: When the majority and, and listen, dude, this is a not a rhetorical question; it's a philosophical gonna, question. Are you going to ask me why that's not racist? Exactly. The question here is when the, I know why I'm not, you know, I know why that's not, but let's talk about 
why it's like that. Because when the majority dresses up like the minority, and, and that's in any minority, really, most minorities, some minorities, when the majority dresses up like the minor, minority, it's either uh, uh, threatening or racist or wrong or unethical. But when the minority dresses up the, like the majority, then it's for safety or a costume or, you know, it's, it's not negative and it's not all minorities because I can dress up like Pancho Villa and go to a Halloween party and nobody's going to get pissed off. I can dress up like a French maid. Nobody's going to get pissed off. Somebody might get turned on, but <laughs> if I, if I do what Ted Danson did and we're, and, and even see, even the thing is it, the very act of doing it has a negative name, blackface. Well, why isn't why isn't ye as we'll call him now doing yeah. a white face? Yay! Sorry, <laughs> sorry, dude. I fuck. I stand corrected. Yay! Why isn't yay? And why isn't white face racist or negative? Why? And I'm not being hateful here. I know why it is, but why is it like that? Um, in my opinion, I think there's, there's like different, I don't know if you would say like variations of racism, I guess there's like, uh, I guess like blatant racism, you know, that you hate, uh, a race just for being that race, you know? Right. And then there's things that you can do that would be considered racist. Like you said, blackface and stuff like that, because, like you said, it's usually if it's the majority dressing as the minority, that's usually frowned upon. But when it's the other way around, it's, you know, really no one really bats an eye. Right. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that uh, usually, I mean, for the most part, um, minorities have always been kind of uh, oppressed in some way, you know. So I think that like weight of oppression also like carries over into the situation, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, um, I get it. You I know, do. like if you dress up as, I don't know, what's like a white character. Uh, you know, it, whoever. lots of people dress up like the ex-presidents and all of them are white except one. So, yeah. And can so, I dress up like Barack Obama? Right. So there's usually like, I know it's kind of hard to put into words, but there's like this feeling of it's, it's very hard. Don't get me wrong. It's possible. Like you could be racist against white people and stuff, but <laughs> do you think <laughs> uh, it's very hard to like represent racism towards white people in you know, a costume or whatever, right? Because, um, you know, for the majority of history or for all of history, white people were never really, um, oppressed, you know, enslaved, whatever you want to call it. Um, so that's why, you know, people like to say, oh, I can't say the N word, but you know, they could call me a cracker. Like what weight does that word carry? You know? Right. Does that take you back to the time when white people were, you know, oppressed or enslaved? No, that means nothing to at any point in time, you know? All right. So why can't I, or whatever, you know? Okay, so we don't have just one 
minority who has been, and please, please, whoever's listening here, do not take me as a racist. This is a, this is a conversation to get down to brass tacks, get down to the truth. There's more than one race who has been oppressed. There's more than one race that's been enslaved. So can I choose any other, can I dress up like, you know, uh, a Jew? Can I dress up like a Hasidic Jew and, and wear a, a yarmulke and put some curls on my face? And uh, that's fucking funny. Ha ha ha. Does it take me back to a time when the Jews were oppressed, who they still are? That's, mm, that's a good question. Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, it's it's kind of difficult to put into words, but I think when it comes to like minorities here in the United States, at least, you usually think of uh, like black people and then uh, like Hispanic people, you know? Right. So I think there's kind of this like feeling of, you know, um, like if you dress up as something like one of you know, a black person or a Hispanic person. And you kind of, I don't want to say like exaggerate, but just like emphasize certain features, you know, like if you wear blackface, like you're, e you're emphasizing the black skin, you know? Okay. Uh, if you're dressed up like as Pancho Villa and you, uh, you know, you get a sombrero and then you like put a little like mustache, you know, right. Like you're little Mexican mustache. I think it like those, like those things being emphasized kind of it, it's very reminiscent of remember those like old, like cartoons where they were like depict black people as oh, like yeah. black and stuff like that. Yeah. The old stepping and fetching and all that shit. I, yeah, I, I know that I well, there's like some subconscious like feeling or thoughts that kind of, mirror that effect you know right because you're, you're emphasizing the black skin you're emphasizing the uh you know whatever it may be and i think when you emphasize those features or you kind of you know put them front and center that's when it's like you know an issue i guess so you're saying that if if i were to dress up like uh, a a bandito, Mexican bandito, or and and did all the emphasis with the the hat and the serape and and all the things that come with that racist stereotype. That I can't get away with that either. I mean, I think for the most part, it's fine. I think when you like, because I mean, I've only really seen people get really upset over, like when you try to like uh, change like the skin color, you know. <laughs> but it's kind of hard to dress up as a black character or a black, you know, person without, you know, changing. Like you could, you could be like, a, you have a little president's pin and I don't know, do your hair, or like talk like Obama and then be like, who are you supposed to be? You're like, oh, I'm Obama. But they wouldn't know, you know? Right. So I think that's the main like uh, issue right there. It's like the black face. So it is, it's the color of the skin i if i change the color of my skin then that that's the catalyst yeah because i mean i see people dress up like uh like pancho villa like you said and stuff like that right but i think when it comes to like black characters you can't really you can't really represent them without doing 
blackface. But then if you right. do blackface, it just it's just a bad look. Um, and like with Kanye, like the whole like his whole mask thing, like to me, like I said, that that carries really no weight behind it. Like there there's no like negative stereotype that comes with being white, you know. Right. Only only people who are racist against black people point out that he's doing whiteface. Right. Right. Okay. It's not, so not an issue, really. Can we jump out beyond skin color? And I can add something else. I can say, okay, I'm going to dress up like uh, a Chinese person, and I'm going to slant my eyes and get some buck teeth like uh, Jerry Lewis. You know the comedian Jerry Lewis. Yeah, yeah, he did a he did a lot of that. I mean, a fucking lot of it in movies and his stand up and everything. He, but it wasn't vicious. It was just a, a parody. But now we can't parody. We can't do that either. So it's not just about skin color. It's emphasizing a- something. It, it has to. I guess it has something to do with emphasizing a physical feature. Yeah, I think that's the main, like, that's the biggest thing that people are concerned about. Uh, like you said right there, like, the slanted eyes and uh, buck teeth. Right. Those are, like, pretty, like, historical and, like, well-known stereotypes that they would use for, for Asian <laughs> people, you know? Okay, now, <laughs> dude, I'm going to take it farther. I can, I can talk like a black guy, and no one says shit to me. But if I if I speak like an Asian parody person, I'm in trouble. We are picking and choosing here is what we're doing. Well, I think people can. I've heard people like recognize both of those. Like, uh, have you ever heard of Steven Crowder? Mm, the name sounds familiar. He's like this really big, uh, like Republican, like pundit on YouTube. He's like the biggest Republican channel on YouTube. And uh, he does that all the time. He'll speak in like his quote and quote black voice, you know, and he gets shit on every single time by like the left. Is he being vicious about it? Oh, yeah. hundred percent. Okay. So now can we say now we're interjecting intent here? Right. Because, I mean, uh, you know, like you said, when you try to make that, you know. The Asian voice. Yeah, I'm not uh, gonna do that one because that's it's like vicious, man. It's yeah, you're you're making fun of the way they talk because of their their race, right? You know. So racism here, when we break down racism, it has it has so many facets and so many like personal preferences built into it, and what I think is racist and what you think is racist. And and we're breaking this down. You see what we've done? We've got skin color in here and physical features and and uh, tonal inflections. And we've got all these things that sometimes it's okay, sometimes it's not. And it all has to do with um, delivery, intent, um, the place that we're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And this is really confusing to a lot of people is what – racism goes a lot deeper than just uh, you know 
thinking your race is superior or not liking a certain category of people based on their race, you know? Right. Like, um, you know, when people say, oh, you talk like a thug or whatever, you know, right. or, or like, you know, just things like that. It, it brings up like, whether you think about it or not, like generational racism, you know, mm-hmm. like, cause if you really think about it, why is there a big portion of like the black community that, you know, uses a lot of slang language or, you know, doesn't use proper grammar and stuff like that is because historically they've been deprived of, a good quality education. Right. And why is that? Because of racism, oppression. So there's like history behind these things that people don't really recognize right away. Right. And, and there is a, there's some theories out there that say that language bonds us. So they, they have a shared language. Right. That slang and just like hillbillies have a shared language that if when they get into it, just like Gaelic has a lot of weird slang in it. So yeah. it's it's not just the educational because it, it has to do with um, regional and dialect and tribe and and culture and, and bonding. And there's all kinds of things here. We... This is a. This is a. Probably this is one of the most interesting podcasts I've been in because this is going into. This is shooting out tendrils into everything here. We're we're talking about. It is no fucking wonder that people are so confused about what they can say and what they can do. And when you confuse a person, you make them angry. Is what you do, especially when you change the rules per person so there is no uniform way of being here and i don't don't get me wrong i don't think there should be a uniform way of of doing things but i think we need to back off of this everybody's getting offended all the time there are certain things that we can all agree on don't do blackface why because it's a it's offensive don't don't dress up with intent don't don't be angry don't be radically racist but the thing that we're missing here is it has shot into every aspect of our culture now and you're not going to eliminate it you're going to accentuate it you're going to you're going to uh, turn the volume up on it because you're going to have pushback from people like uh Chappelle who's his main goal was to say hey let's point this shit out so, and I know we talk about that a lot about comedy and about stand up, but you know, it's not just there. It's in our homes and in our lives, and, and everything we're doing is being analyzed now, every single thing. And when you do that to a people, you piss them off. And pissing somebody off is not the way to solve a problem. Just ask my wife. <laughs> but I think the reason why they get pissed <laughs> off is because a lot of the times, there's just, I think people have just gotten so accustomed to doing things the way they've done them their whole lives. Right. That now that people start to like point them out or try to like, hey, you shouldn't do that or you shouldn't say that. That's what pisses them off. Like, oh, you know, I've said this my whole life. Like, I've never had an issue with it. Well, yeah, of course you haven't, you haven't had an issue with it. Like when people say, why is blackface racist? 
I guarantee you 99% of the people asking that are not black. Oh, and definitely. Because they don't understand, you know. Right. I'm going to go with uh, why, why is saying black. Oh, that that's a that's a not that shouldn't even be a question and the reason I asked that question earlier was to get the conversation started. You right. know, usually when when you have to ask or if you ask like why is that offensive? Why is that racist? Um, chances are it doesn't the thing that you're discussing does not affect you personally, you know. Um, you know, why can they say the N-word, but I can't? Right. You know, why could they do this, but I can't? It's because you're not like these things, they don't affect you personally, you know, and you've never had to deal with them. You've never been, you know, a black kid walking home and, uh, you know, the cops following you or you've never gone to a store, you know, trying to buy some shoes and the employees just, you know, follow you aisle to aisle. Yeah. And that's, that's, and I'm speaking for like, you know, white people, um, that's never really happened to you. You've never been dis- like, whether directly or indirectly, like discriminated against because of the color of your skin. Anything that you've had to deal with was never due to the fact uh, that your skin was white, you know? Yeah. So, and it's really hard for a lot of people to grasp that, like that thought, you know, because they've never experienced it and it's hard to think about something um that you've never experienced and probably never will so it takes that like extra effort you know to like put yourself in that position and think about it that way and a lot of people just either they don't do that they can't do that or they're not willing to do that we talked about i think the one of the first four or five podcasts we did we talked about how i got I went to get a stereo put in. Do you remember that? Yeah. I just got completely fucking ignored. And I know why. And it taught me a lesson. It didn't make me, well, it made me mad. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I got in the car and I was like, fuck that. You know, fuck them. I, I'm just, I have money, you know? So, but that led to me to, to go, oh, fuck. Yeah. That, that's what's happening. That's what's happening here. This is how the way I feel right now is the way those the the way somebody who's marginalized feels every single time it happens. So I think that it happened to me twice since I've been in Bakersfield 22 years. When you think about it, somebody it happens to them twice a day, every single day of their fucking life, they you begin to think differently. You begin to hate. And, and usually their their thing isn't as or is a lot worse than Oh, they, they ignored me at the store, you know, like their thing that they have to deal with. Usually for them, it's, oh, I got stopped by the cops and searched because I, you know, matched the description or whatever they tell you. Yeah. Or, you know, I got kicked out of a store because, you know, they said I stole something last week when I've never been to the store. So, yeah, you know, that's a little like, it's good that you were able to you know, recognize her for what, for what it was. Um, and I think a lot of people need to do more of that, you know, like introspection and think about what it's like to be, I mean, just a minority in general. There's tons of minorities. 
But we um, can't do that, man. I mean, I, I couldn't possibly have thought I couldn't possibly have conjured up the emotions that I was going to have when that really happened to me. That's like saying, you know, imagine a broken leg. I, I can't tell you, I can describe to you about when I broke my legs, you know, and how bad it hurt and all this shit. And someone can describe to you about what it's like to skydive, but you can't have that epiphany. You can't have that. And that's what it is. It's an epiphany that I had in my car, in my truck that I was like, oh, fuck, this is what it's really like. So yeah. I can, you know, I can consider, I could say, I, I bet it sucks to do that, but until it hits you and until it, it pulls at your heart, it, you know, for lack of a better way, before, before you sit there and you get this feeling like, fuck, man, that's what it's like to be black. That's what it's like to be in a place where you're, you don't feel wanted or you're, you're being blamed for things. That really sucks, man. And it's, we can't give people that knowledge without it happening to them. And the, the problem is it doesn't happen that often unless you go into a minority owned business or a minority owned section of town or, you know, and you're in the wrong place at the wrong time and they don't want you there. Yeah. And I mean, you don't, we don't have to go as far as like having people experience it to know, to try to, you know, like adjust their attitude or adjust their, their way of thinking. Uh, we just have to do it enough to where the things that they do um, just aren't like discriminatory. You know, it's like, right. it's like saying, um, well, I don't have to, I don't have to like personally be in a wheelchair or break my leg to know like, Hey, I should make this entrance like handicap accessible, you know? Like, okay. I just have to know, like, hey, there's handicapped people that might come in here. You know, let me put a ramp. Let me put automatic doors. You know, <laughs> you don't actually have to become handicapped yourself to have that epiphany. Like, hey, oh, shit, I should do this. It's just the thought of, like, hey, there might be people that come in here that, you know, need automatic doors, need, you know, wheelchair ramp. That so you is the world that you have grown up in, though. In the world that I grew up in. Fuck handicapped people. That's the way it was, man. If you're in a wheelchair and there were steps, sorry, bro. And there yeah. was no, you know, we that didn't have to. Yeah. I mean, that was more like of an analogy, you know, like you don't have to 100% be in their position to be able to recognize it, at least just enough for it to become like, hey, let me do this instead. Let me, uh, you know, let them shop. Let me install this ramp. Let me, you know, whatever it may be. Right. Uh, you know, I doubt every, you know, every single owner of, you know, a business or whatever was handicapped to the point where they were like, oh, let me, you know, put automatic doors or whatever. That It and just it, became a law. Yeah. But I'm saying like, it's the recognition doesn't have to go that far for it to make a, a change, you know, or for, for it to be impactful. Okay, man. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to throw back at you and I'm going to say in the 70s before this happened before the laws were passed and before we live in a world where handicap accessible is of course it's handicap accessible there are handicap people there were handicap people in the 70s too and the only people that that had the epiphany about being handicapped 
were people who were close to those people or people who were handicapped. There were no ramps. There were no handrails. There was no high toilet. There was no fucking nothing, bro. And and nobody gave a rat fuck until somebody stood up and began to make noise about it. And then it became a, a wave of, and then it became a law. And when it became a law, it wasn't like everybody was like, oh, okay. People were fucking angry, man. They didn't want to spend the money for the ramp. It was like, I got two handicapped people out of a hundred come in here. What the fuck do I need to put up a ramp for? So it wasn't always like, you know, like this. And it wasn't, the changeover wasn't easy. It was very um, contentious for a really long time. And people wouldn't do it. And people got fined because they wouldn't put up a ramp until it became mainstream. So handicapped people when I were growing up were just, they were in the shed out back for real. There was no integration. They had their sped shed is what we called it out back. So this is 30 fucking years of a law being in effect. And then you were born after the law and you grew up in a world where of course you take care of handicapped people. And I, I myself have changed my way of thinking. Now I'm like, of course you take care of handicapped people. So how do we do this with the race issue? Do we pass some laws with that? I mean, we already have some sort of like um, laws, you know, right. that uh, protect that, like protected classes. And I mean, that just like any other like minority led movement, it's a, it's like a civil rights issue, you know, oh, and yeah. usually, uh, usually and unfortunately take uh, a long time for it to to show the progress that that they're aiming for, you know. Yeah, it's just decades, you know, generations, because it's it's a constant fight against the usually it's the majority. Right, right. Like yeah. I said, the the store owners were like, "That's going to cost me ten thousand dollars." Yeah. Am I going to get ten thousand dollars worth of business from handicapped people? That was their argument. Right. And I mean, I think we've mentioned it before that in the not so distant future, um, white people are going to become the, the minority, um, at least here in the United States. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be very interesting for me to see how that affects um, like American, I don't know, like the way of life, I guess. Is that going to be interesting for you, Lalo? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I'm curious as to see like what, like if the changes will be more like bigger leaps, you know, like more radical. Yeah. Um, because I mean, you, you can see it now, like, uh, like no offense when I say like white people, but there's like a big group of white people that are trying to stop that at all costs with like gerrymandering and, you know, right. stuff like that. But to me, it's like they're just putting like roadblocks in front of a freight train. Like it might slow it down, but it's it's gonna come. And um, I think that's just like it's scary for them, and it makes them uncomfortable because it's been the opposite for you know the entire existence of the United States. Right. But the, um, here's here's the, an issue with that is. If there's 40% of the white people and 60% uh, 
are it's all different races it's blacks and asians and and hispanics and you know the pacific islanders you've got all these groups you as a 60 percent are a majority but you're still not together you're still factioned greatly where white people are i don't know what's the factions over here where and then i'm just talking politically right because the if if you get into the politics of it there it's like well we have so many black congressmen and so many hispanic congressmen and they don't agree on their issues but all the 40 percent agrees on their issues so it's still kind of a fucking majority in order to have that minor or majority that you want you have to come together cohesively and say okay as all these groups of minorities we want this but that's not happening yet but I think for the most part, um, a lot of their views um, kind of align with each other because they they all fit in that. They all kind of fit in that category of, hey, we've been, you know, neglected for forever, you know? Right. So, um, I mean, yeah, there's going to be like uh, differences and like different opinions and, and wants and needs. But I think for the most part, they all kind of fall in the same boat of we want to be seen and as seen and treated equal to to white people, you know. You're right. Because I mean that's all minorities really want is equality. They they're not asking for more than somebody else. They're just asking for the same as as everybody else. Well, there's not enough to go around, Lalo. I, I don't agree with that. and i don't that's the thing people have an issue with um which is weird because i mean it's it that's equality and that's what you know they claim it's great about this country that you know every man is created equal yeah the guys Um, that wrote that own slaves bro so it's not (laughs) (laughs) you know so very ironic that people even nowadays are very against that based on you know, whatever reason they want to give. Well, I could get married, but a gay man can't get married. Well, why? Right. You know? So it's just... And I mean, there's also like 200 plus years of like very obvious, like if you look into it, there's very obvious and um, big like instances of racism. That's kind of... Um, there's a lot of things that we have to kind of... Uh, like overcorrect almost just because you have to make up for like the centuries of discrimination and racism. Like there's, you know, I bet there's certain communities that are like hundred percent white because mm-hmm. at some point there was laws and statutes that said you cannot sell this house to somebody that's not white. Right. So, and you want to fast forward. It's like, um, I've always liked this analogy. It's like, um, uh, you're like in a, a race, right? Like in an Olympic race or whatever. And, uh, you know, the gun goes off. And as soon as it goes off, you pull out your own gun and shoot the guy you're racing, like in the leg. <laughs> and then yeah. you take off, you know? Uh, and then like down the race, you're like, well, I shot you way back there. You, you should be good by now. But you have to kind of make up for all that lost time, you know? 
and all that, you know, like I said, generations of racism and discrimination and oppression. And there's a lot of people that just don't want to recognize that. Right. Because they think, oh, well, we're, we're, you know, we're equal now. You know, they have rights now. They could vote now. But that doesn't make up for, like I said, the centuries of, of oppression and discrimination and racism. Yeah. When you say, though, when you say overcorrect, I, you know, if you, if you want to use that analogy, like in, in driving, you never want to overcorrect when you're driving. You'll wreck. You'll crash. You know, if you, if you start to drift off the road and you overcorrect, you're going to roll the car. And overcorrection doesn't, doesn't, I, I can't, can you think of an instance where overcorrection works? I mean, if you want to go to cooking and I didn't put in enough sugar, so I'm going to overcorrect. It, it, it always fucks up. You always have, I think uh, these adjustments have to come like they're coming. I'm, I'm not saying that um, what we're doing now is right. We are further down the road. I mean, obviously, it's just not fast, and and I don't know why it's not fast. I, I I wish it was. I wish it was like we could snap our fingers. I seriously do. We could snap our fingers and and even you know minorities are and everything's fine and and everybody's getting along. And but you still have women have only been able to vote for the last hundred years, and the people who were alive when that changed are dead and yet you still have fucking misogyny you still have people who say women need to be in the kitchen to make me a fucking sandwich so things have changed drastically for women but it's still not it's still not equitable and will it ever be until the majority is gone will will our culture be equitable until will when white people are not no longer the minority, will will become equitable? Uh, I don't even think it has to like go that far. I think it's just the mindset that has to go away. You know, like that way of of thinking. Um, but I mean, that usually goes away with you know as generations right progress. Um, so I mean, it might be to the point where they kind of align with each other, like uh, white people becoming a a minority aligns with um, like that old school, like way of thinking kind of disappears. But I don't think it was uh, like they both had to happen. You know, I think either one could have happened. They just happened to happen at the same time. Okay. Uh, Or at least there, it seems like they're going to kind of align with each other, you know? At the rate that we're going. Well, maybe that's when the epiphany comes. Mm-hmm. Maybe when when white people are the mi- minority, maybe then they'll see. Maybe then they'll go, oh, fuck, I didn't realize. But see, when they, well, not if, but when they become the, minor, the minority, I don't see it playing out as it is today, like where they're going to be like followed around, you know. Because again, there's no history of oppression against white people. They're right. just going to become a minority because their numbers are going to be smaller than you know everybody else's. But it's not going to be like oh, like we're going to turn the tables on you guys and you know fuck you guys over. Like that's not going to happen. 
it might seem that way to them because everybody else around them is kind of like going to catch up to them when it comes right. to like equality and rights <laughs> and stuff like that. But it's not going to be like, oh, we're going to enslave you now for 200 years. Let's see how you like it, you know? <laughs> um, and I think I, that's what people no. are afraid of. Like, it's as weird as it may seem, like a lot of people I think are afraid of that, like of that happening. Not like enslavement, but like being treated like differently. Right. And and yet they're afraid of that. And then they can't see that it's happening right now, just the other way around. So yeah, it kind of, it. it shows you like they know it's wrong. They know it's immoral, but they don't really care about it until the thought of it happening to them is comes into their head you know uh, that's 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 fucking deep dude seriously it is because it, this change has been coming for all my i've seen i've seen it in my lifetime and it's really uh interesting uh, in fact i was talking to my wife last night and i said my generation you know born in the 60s grew up in the 70s that's when in the seventies, when, when it snowballed, when we had equal rights amendment and gay rights popped up and, and all this starts to happen. And my parents and grandparents were fucking horrified, dude. I, I still remember the, the vicious, visceral, nasty conversations that were going on inside houses and, and the, the weird, you know, there's black people and there's n words, you know that kind of shit. Yeah, we're yeah we're what they were saying is there's black people that act like white people and those are cool, but you, that other kind. So my generation is the first one, and I know there's still a lot of people my age who are still racist as fuck. But the change started as I was growing up, and I caught on. Thank God. I caught on and raised my kids and I, you know what? I didn't do it perfectly, man. And I, I'm going to be honest here. There's, I grew up in a racist culture with racist jokes and I still, to this day, like I think racist comedy is funny as long as it's coming from the right intent, like Chappelle, like that kind of thing. And, and I, I'm so torn, Lalo, that I think Chappelle is funny, but at the same time, I'm like, that fucking shit needs to stop because it needs to go away. And is he pointing it out so we can realize it's it's racist content and and make it funny and make it not vicious anymore, or is he just perpetuating racism? You know, when, like, the Chappelle show was fucking racist, man. It really was. Yeah, and I, I think, like you said, there's a lot of, like, intent and, like, situation and, like, scenario. They all play heavily into um, to these things, you know? Yeah. Like, like you said, the Chappelle show, you know, he made fun of everybody. And he would right. make like racist jokes against anybody, but his intent was never like hateful, you know? Right. Whereas but the people who are hateful, who are listening to him are perpetuating that hatefulness through by yeah. repeating his comedy with a new, a new intent that becomes, that's where it changes. 
Yeah. And I think that's where uh, comedy is like, has its, uh, not downfall, but like, um, like bad side, you know, that's the flaw in it that, you know, me and you can, you know, watch Chappelle and like laugh. And then as soon as we leave his show, like, you know, we don't take that stuff with us, you know, and even right. not just him, but like any comedian, like we don't take what they say. Like we recognize them that they're jokes and, you know, they're just doing, you know, a bit or whatever. We don't take that, like what they say and then apply it in our personal lives, but non ironically, you know? Right. Um, and I think that's what a lot of people do. You know, they, they could hear a joke about, you know, uh, like some black guy, uh, you know, robbing somebody or whatever. And then they'll turn around in real life and then kind of apply that joke, but in, in their personal lives and not as a joke. Right. And I think that's what we have to do a better job at when it comes to like, at least comedy, you know? Um, so I can see like, that's like a drawback of, you know, that edgy comedy. Mm-hmm. Let's, but I don't think that should be a reason to like stop doing it, you know? Right, right. Like I said last week, I think those people will eventually go away. I mean, they'll die yeah. because you cannot even you, you can't keep perpetuating that in a culture that doesn't allow it. Because then you'll raise your you're raising your kids to marginalize themselves. And sooner or later, even like myself, who was raised uh, to be, you know, I should have stayed in West Virginia. And, and, you know, there's all kinds of things that are happening in my life to where, you know, I left my tribe and fucking they turned their backs on me because I wasn't like them anymore. So eventually you're going to run into large portions of the of generations as we move forward who are going to leave that mindset. They're going to say, no, man, I want to be successful so I can't think like you think anymore. And it's hard to come out of that. Especially, you know, if, if you're really smart, if you're really an intelligent person, you could see racism everywhere now. You know, you know that uh, Petito girl? Yeah. Yeah, we've talked about that before. We talked about it here. We talked about it at work. If she'd have been a black girl, the shit wouldn't have happened. And now, and people are like, oh, that's not true. I can prove it now because I have the data because when they were looking for that girl and for um, what's his name? Laundry. They found nine other bodies. You know what their names were? Calderon, Mm -hmm. Cho. I mean, all these, all these females of uh, uh, other persuasions other than white, all kinds of races. But did they make the fucking news? No. And in fact, when they found the bodies while they're looking for Gabby, little blonde Gabby Petito, they still didn't fucking say anything. And now it, I, I found it on this obscure uh, site that CNN hosted the story of nine bodies found while they were looking for that girl. But they didn't fucking say anything about it. That's racist as fuck, dude. Seriously. How many yeah. black girls are disappearing? How many Mexican girls are disappearing? How many fucking Asian girls are disappearing? That's not a fucking problem. But when little Gabby, you know, social media star disappears, fuck, we got helicopters and the army and the FBI and and 
all kinds of shit. And that's so fucking sad because even if you don't, Lalo, even if you don't bring it up, talk about it and think about it, your brain figures that shit out. And you feel like, why, why is this happening? Yeah. And if you, if you listen to like the arguments, people aren't saying like, Hey, we shouldn't give this white girl all this attention. They're saying, right. Hey, we should give all these other people the same attention. And that's what people like, just can't like fathom and like can't wrap their minds around. Yeah. They feel threatened when you say, well, why not a black girl? Well, you're just saying, are you saying we shouldn't be looking for Gabby? No, I didn't say that at all. We should be looking for every fucking buddy that's missing, dude. That's what I'm saying. Every murder, every murder, every beating, every shooting should have the same amount of care and meticulous introspection, looking at it, inspection to look at it, and who shot who. But it's like if there's a shooting in – Bakersfield in the in a white section of town. Fuck, people are freaked out. If it's down on the east side, whatever, whatever. Yeah. It's just more black people shooting each other, unless that shooting involves a white person in an affluent neighborhood. These are the things that have to change. But how do we change that? You know, it it's just this slow process of figuring these things out, bringing them to the forefront. And can we, can I say this? Can we bring these things up and not in an accusatory manner? Because I'm not doing it, you know? And I don't think, I don't think the news does it maliciously. I don't think it's like, there's a black shooting. We're not going to, it's just like, what would people be interested in? Well, how can we make everybody interested in the shooting on the East side? How can that be? Yeah, I mean, off. I think that's a hard question to answer, especially because I mean, and I've said this before, people aren't really interested in things that don't affect them, you know, on a personal right. level. Right. Um, but the East side is, is a neighborhood and the East side watches the news. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's because media is mostly owned by white people. Uh, I don't, I mean, I don't know, but I think it's, like you said, it's, it's not really done on purpose. I think it's more of like a subconscious type of bias. Yeah. Cause like you said, and I mean, the media, like you said, also like they're going to run with whatever is the most like appealing thing, you know, or popular thing. And that would be, you know, a white a young, you know, white, like, like you said, social media star. Right. Like that just appeals to the masses because of, you know, just that description alone. Um, if you were to say like a local Hispanic farm worker goes missing, like that's not gonna, no one's gonna like bat an eye, you know, know. over that. And I think the media should have, they shouldn't be bound to, Hey, what's going to get us the most views? It's like, hey, we're the news. Let's report the fucking news, you know? Right. Whether it's popular or unpopular, whether it gets us the clicks or not, like, we're a news station. You're, 
that's what you're supposed to report on. What if, what if we stopped reporting the news with that, uh, racial divide, you know, like crime this week and how many white people got shot and how many black people got shot. And why can't we just say how many people got shot and we don't bring that shit up? Well, I think it kind of, I don't know. It's a good question. I never really thought about it. Uh, I just think we're just so used to information being like given it given to us in that way you know yeah and i mean there's just so many things that are like so like they're just engraved in our mind that might seem normal that if you like take a step back and think about them it's fucking weird you know yeah fbi crime statistics broken down by race why the fuck would you do that that doesn't make any. Well, I mean, any there, sense. I know there's like I know there's value in 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 data like that, um, like area, race, age, sex, you know, whatever it may be. Right, but don't you think those that data should be used for like, okay, here's where we need to inject the money, but they don't do that. They say, look at all the black people killing each other. Fuck them. We're not giving them money. It should be the opposite way around. We should educate them more put more police protection down there, secure their neighborhoods, give them uh, jobs, give them hope. But instead it's like, man, there's so many fucking shootings down there. There's no need to inject any kind of commerce or, or help down there at all. Yeah. And I mean, that's usually like, you know, for example, like the FBI has like collects all that data, you know, but then it, it's not, it's not them that makes those decisions. It's usually people, outside of that that take that data right and use it you know to to drive their narrative you know right and those people tend to be like you know local and state governments that they see that and then they're like oh well why the fuck should we give them money you know yeah exactly yeah. so i think it's one of those things where um like having that data is a good thing but people take it and use it with with their own intent, you know, and that intent isn't always a good thing. Well, I can say I can say that I, I myself am further away, further down the road than I used to be because and I could say this because when you said <clears throat> the the an analogy of the the Hispanic farm worker who disappears and nobody gives a fuck. Dude, that hurt my feelings when you said that. I really felt like that's fucking happening and we're not doing anything about it. We're just we're just cruising along, like you said, gerrymandering. Let's change the fucking borders. Let's try anything and everything to stay in fucking power and and marginalize as many people as we can and ignore as many people as we can and not fund things so that if we don't fund them they can't get a, a leg up and and the thing is that what's happening when we do all that and then we have this little fucking evil way of pointing out this child right here who grew up in this neighborhood is now a doctor see see what we're doing see you can make it and that's not fucking fair because that's that's an anomaly. That's not a norm. So yeah. we're pointing out anomalies to to justify 
that they're okay. And that's yeah, such bullshit. They use those to justify like their inaction, you know, like, hey, look, we exactly. don't need to do anything else. Like they're doing fine. You know, <laughs> they're doing fine. This kid just became a doctor, like, you know. Yeah, out of the million, two of them made it. See, they're fine. <laughs> it's like when people say, uh, how are we how are we a racist country when when we had a black president? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you should have seen the racism flying when he was black president. So let's not, you know. <laughs> well, dude, I have I have to go because I have uh fucked off all week and I have homework that I didn't even look at. I don't know my topics. I have to write a paper. <laughs> yeah, any any um any advice from a, a student to help me out here? Don't do this again. Is that good advice? Yeah, I would say don't procrastinate, but I procrastinate myself. So yeah, yeah. And I only continue to procrastinate because I keep getting away with it. So I just, <laughs> but I know it's gonna like catch up. So no, sir. How old are you again? Twenty-seven. 27. I'm 56. I've been procrastinating my entire fucking life and it hasn't fucked me up yet. So just keep on trucking, man. <laughs> hey, Lalo, thank you, brother. This was uh this was an enlightening conversation. This is the kind of yeah. conversations that everybody needs to have. And if you're out there and you you need to have that conversation with with your friends and your family, and we all need to I don't know, man. We all need to do something. We all need to become more empathetic. We all need to become more understanding and try to get that epiphany, you know, try to get that. What's it like to be black and be in a store and be kicked out because you're fucking black. And that's the only reason. What's it like to be pulled over because you're black? What's it like to be pulled over because you're Hispanic? You know, I, I've never, I've never been pulled over because I've been white. That I can, I can say that. And that's fucking weird that's just odd to me that there goes a black guy let's pull him over and see what we can get that's yeah. fuck that's especially fucked up if like, especially if they're like driving a nice car or something exactly and then hassle them all right man this has been um like i said this has been interesting and this uh god try to try to be nice this week everybody god damn just be nice for one week do one nice thing because, um, you know, before I go, before we go, I was in yeah. Albertsons the other day. There was a guy in front of me, a young kid, and he patted his, you know, it, she said it's, you know, she gave him the total and he goes, oh, shit. And he patted his pockets and he he ran outside. He's got, I got to go get my wallet. And she's like, that's cool. So I stepped up and I said, just put on my bill. And then I went out to the truck and then I sat in my truck and I waited till he came out. And you should have seen the fucking smile on his face, Lalo. I made the guy's day, you know, for less than 20 bucks. Because why can't we be, why can't people be more like that? I'm not, I'm not saying how great I am or anything. I'm just saying, why can't we be nice to each other? I made that fucking dude's day. And that, that did so much for me, so much for him, and I'm sure he went about his day treating people better. So maybe if we treated people nicer, they'd treat every, everybody else nicer, 
So do something nice this week for somebody. You know what I'm saying? Pay for their groceries or buy their coffee. Just hold the fucking door for them, man, and give them a smile. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think yeah. human beings are, uh, by nature, I don't know, selfish. So I think it, it takes that extra effort to not be selfish. There you go. And I think that's why it's hard for a lot of people. Well, it takes the extra effort to stay healthy. And it take, it, it, this life is about struggle, man. Everything's yeah. a struggle. So struggle to be nice this week. Do something kind for someone. Hold the door. Smile at them. Compliment them. But don't, you know, don't say you look sexy or anything. But just compliment someone. <laughs> You're doing a good job. Something like that. So all right, man. I'll see you next week. We're, we'll be on a different day. I don't know which day, but that's up we'll to you. Oh, we'll figure it out. That's right. So this has been the Thoroughly Wrong Project. It's been a great great conversation. This has been Bob. And Lalo. Damn, you're getting better at that, brother. I think I... <laughs> like the timing or the... Yeah, the timing. The collection. Yeah, the timing and Lalo. All right, so we'll see you next week, brother. Later, man. Later. You have now experienced the Thoroughly Wrong Project with your podcast hosts, Lalo and Bob. We can now be found on Pandora Radio, Apple Podcasts, Podium Podcasts, or by searching The Thoroughly Wrong Project to locate our YouTube channel. You can contact us directly by email at thoroughlywrong at gmail.com or just leave a comment on any of our platforms. Until next time, thanks for spending your valuable time with us. And remember, always speak up and never be afraid to be thoroughly wrong.